This is Matt Connickson. I'm the sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. There is a dense fog advisory in effect this morning for portions of the Dakotas. That would include Bismarck, Jamestown, Aberdeen, Watertown, and Sioux Falls. Spotty freezing rain also possible east of the Red River. It will be a relatively warm uh, day for the end of February. Highs forecast in the 30s. A low-pressure system will move through the region tomorrow night, bringing snow to southeastern North Dakota, northern South Dakota, and west-central Minnesota. The area along and south of I-94 should see the biggest impact. Only minimal rainfall was seen over the weekend in Argentina. There was some moisture in Brazil with the best showers in the Mato Grosso and Goiás. World Weather Incorporated expects field work to be slow in that region due to saturated soils. Other areas should enjoy favorable weather conditions. AgroSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says the corn market has finally broken out of its pennant chart formation after trading sideways for many weeks. Been uh, traveling and doing meetings on Tuesdays when I do my technical outlooks, and I had not done one for four weeks until uh, Tuesday. And corn prices had moved over that four weeks a whopping four cents, which is just unheard of. And the fund position was is very much loaded into the front end of the market. Probably 80 or 90 percent of their holdings were, you know, in March, May contracts. Smith expects the fund managers to liquidate their positions. And you've got March coming up here. We're getting close to first notice day, so those guys aren't going to want to hold that you know, as liquidity starts to dry up. So we had a combination of factors here that set the stage for looking for, yes, as we see corn probably stage itself generally lower, assuming we don't have any planting problems or things of that sort. Yeah, that'll be the next thing we watch, right? That will be, yes, planting progress. And, of course, we will have the continued tug-of-war and battle about what acres are going to be. You know, very often they can deviate from what that uh, prospective planning report and what we see in June, but we will definitely be watching the tug of war about acres. During the USDA's Ag Outlook Forum, corn acreage was forecast to top 91 million acres this year. USDA economist Andy Soule explains the impact from that number. We have production boosted, domestic feed and residual use rebounding with higher supplies, exports up with modest growth in global trade, tighter exportable supplies for Ukraine, and uh, growing imports for China. Ethanol use unchanged at 5.25 billion bushels with steady gasoline consumption, ending stocks forecast to rebuild. Corn is expected to average $5.60 per bushel, down from $6.70 per bushel this past year. Minnesota crops were valued at $17 billion in 2022, up 13% from the previous year. The National Agricultural Statistics Service estimates North Dakota crop production at $11.2 billion, up 27%. And in South Dakota, the value of crop production last year was just under $9 billion. That was a 5% increase from 2021. As of February 1st, the number of cattle and calves on feed was down 4% from a year ago. January placements declined 4%, and marketings were up 4%. 
This would be considered a slightly bullish report. January placements were 8% higher than last year in South Dakota and Minnesota. Marketings rose 9% in Minnesota and 10% in South Dakota. When Russia invaded Ukraine one year ago, fertilizer supplies certainly were impacted. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said the administration is taking steps to avoid future supply shocks. During the USDA Ag Outlook Forum, Vilsack highlighted 21 projects to increase fertilizer efficiency. Sustainability was also discussed, with Vilsack saying some parts of the country are over-fertilizing. A bipartisan biofuels caucus has been relaunched for this session of Congress. South Dakota Republican Congressman Dusty Johnson and Minnesota Democratic Representative Angie Craig are co-chairing that conference. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, you can find us on your social media. Visit Facebook and Twitter. You can also find stories, podcasts, and a whole lot more at rrfn.com. This is the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Global economic factors have had a big influence on the fertilizer market. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Stonex Vice President of Fertilizer Josh Linville says global fertilizer production is trying to increase capacity. Today, we sit there, the effect of global production is a little bit above. There's a little bit of wide area there between production and demand. We've got a little excess capacity. By the time we hit 2025, those lines are almost married. There's not a tremendous amount of new production coming. We've got some plants coming on India. They've been struggling to get them running. There's a plant in Africa that's online. They've been doing fairly well with it from everything I can understand. But we are not seeing the huge swings. The last couple times that we had anything this close, 2008, got similar to 25, new production came. 2012, got very close, a lot of new production came. We're not seeing the new production like it has been. And Linville says the phosphate market doesn't have enough competition to keep prices from inflating. Unfortunately, a lot of these exports are effectively shut off to the U.S. marketplace. China, Morocco, and Russia, all three of those countries, we have got import duties against them. The competition just isn't there like we see in other places. However, the one thing we have been seeing is the U.S. cost of production has been going down. There are two main inputs for a phosphate production that vary. Number one is sulfur, and number two is anhydrous. Now, fortunately, we've seen that Tampa anhydrous price drop drastically from where we were last April, May, and that's helped bring that value down. We were at around $700 to produce one ton of DAP. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The North Dakota legislature is in recess until Wednesday. During the second half of the session, the Senate will consider legislation to change the state's corporate farming law. State uh, Senate Agriculture and Veterans Affairs Committee Chair Larry Lewick said something needs to be done to expand animal agriculture. I hate to see uh, all of our product that we raise leaving the state, and we pay for that freight to take it out of the state, and then we have it processed somewhere else, and then we pay for it to come back into the state as a finished good of some kind. So I don't think that's the wisest thing to be doing. Luik believes projects are ready to go if this corporate farming law is amended. I heard there was three um, that were waiting at the door um, between right on the east, east side of the state here. I don't know what they are, but... Uh, 
what I was told is that there's three three different companies that want to start construction immediately as soon as they have the okay to do so. Resources for research are abundant in the Red River Valley. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that story. KWS Business Development Manager Dwayne Bernardson says working with Grand Farm to conduct research is very beneficial. We bring in technology. It could be drones, um, different types of sensors. We can bring them in, test them out on the location. Grand Farm has management that helps support it and really ground truth it. I think that's the big thing. You can take technology and you can have a a really cool picture that you can show somebody, but you have to have the ground truth and the information and the data that goes with that technology to see whether it's doing what it says it's going to do. Bernardson says working with Grand Farm has helped facilitate the upscale of projects by partnering with local growers. We had our, our beet production there last year that we worked with, but we had another project that we wanted to go on to a larger scale. And we were able to work with a local growers. Um, they were able to help facilitate us to go to that grower and work with that grower as well as they Grand Farm took a ton of soil samples, did a lot of work in, in that avenue, and we all kind of worked together to, to do it. So it's not just at Grand Farm, but it's in that, that larger network, that larger group that they have as well. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Pastures take years to recover from drought and overgrazing. Envu Range and Pasture Western Range Segment Manager Justin Hofset says that keeps range, keeping rangelands healthy takes more than just a good rain. Envu is bringing a lot of new herbicides and, and solutions to the market that are more from a more programmed approach and they're more selective in how they remove the pests and, and what the certain species that are reducing the quality of our range. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. And Heiser Bush is buckling down on their sustainability initiatives that were put into place back in 2018. Director of Agronomy Nikki Zaradka says Anheuser Busch's sustainability incentives revolve around water, packaging, and equipment carbon dioxide emissions. Our 2025 sustainability initiatives around water. So our water stewardship is our commitment to have 100% of our facilities engaged in water efficiency efforts and 100% of our communities and high-stress areas to have measurable improvement on water availability and water quality. And then we have circular packaging, which is really around our commitment to have 100% of our packaging made from a majority of recycled content or returnables by 2025. And then we have our sustainable logistics, which is really around reducing our equipment to reducing CO2 emissions by 25% across our value chain. It's also a smart agriculture program in place to help farmers become more sustainable in their practices. So that is really around having our growers, our direct growers, be 100% skilled, connected, and financially empowered. And so we offer our growers um, crop protocols on how to grow each variety of barley, uh, for example, that we are asking them to raise, to do it the most efficiently um, and also economically returnable for them. We also add, you know, we have model farms and discovery farms are another tool that our company uses. We work with land-grant universities through our AB Foundation and, you know, try to do trials on small acres. While the supply chain issues are top of mind, we have learned planning ahead can make a huge difference 
and getting into the field when needed. New Holland Parts and Service Product Manager Jim Franceschi has this reminder. Thankfully, I think we are starting to see um, some of those supply chain challenges and constraints uh, begin to normalize. You know, I just think it's it's really important for customers to remember and plan uh, to get the parts that they need um, as soon as they can, right? Waiting to the last second is never going to be uh, the recommendation, right? If, if, if there's something that you need um, that you're talking to your dealer uh, and making sure that you're working with them, uh, again, just to get ahead of the game and, and make sure that you're prepared. Checking markets this morning, we have Minneapolis wheat three and a quarter cents higher for May, eight eighty-five and three quarters. July two and three quarter higher. The other exchanges on the downside: Chicago wheat May down two and a half. KC wheat May down seven and three quarter cents. The May corn contract a quarter penny higher, six forty-nine and a half. New crop two cents higher. Soybeans for May a penny higher at fifteen twenty and a quarter. New crop soybeans down by three cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, NDSU Extension has a series of webinars for uh, youth. Uh, it is hour-long webinars beginning at 6.30 p.m. on five consecutive Tuesday evenings. The first will be tomorrow evening where they look at uh, what's going on in the AI sector. They'll look at uh, nutrition, show animal nutrition, grazing readiness, and more during that uh, series of webinars. You can contact your county office of NDSU Extension or, or Google it as well to find out more about that series. Have yourself a great Monday. This is the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>